From Ticker Tape, this is Where's My Money. On this podcast, we have referenced Warren Buffett several times. And how can you not? He's one of the greatest investors of all time, and there's a ton to learn from his wisdom. And as you probably already know, Warren Buffett's major principles of investing come from the ideas of value investing and long-term investing. And by long-term investing, we essentially mean that you buy a particular stock that you really love, and then you hold it for a long period of time in the hopes that it will continue to exponentially compound and grow. Now this sounds like a pretty smart strategy, and it's clearly worked for Warren Buffett and a ton of other famous and legendary investors. But is there more to this story? Have we prematurely set this philosophy as the gold standard for investing without deeply analyzing if it's always effective for everybody? All of that and more to come in this conversation. To explore this, we spoke to Anand K. Rati, who's the founding partner at Augment Capital. And this is actually his second appearance on the Where's My Money podcast. And we began our conversation by further defining the buy and hold strategy. Conventional investing wisdom shows that uh, with long-term horizon, equities generally tend to give you higher returns than any other asset class such as bonds, real estate, maybe debt, any other asset class in particular. A buy and hold strategy essentially gives you a lot of tax benefits. When I mean tax benefit, it's not that you buy today and you get some tax exemptions. It is just that when you buy and hold an asset for a long enough period, you defer your capital gains, adding significant amount of gains to your overall portfolio that you have built basis buy and hold. Other thing, you like a certain stock or an asset or a fund, You don't just sell it when the market goes up. You just don't buy it when the market goes down. You're a little more passive in nature. So rather than treating this investment or the ownership as a very short-term vehicle for profit, like a trade trader, the buy and hold investors generally keeps the investment through the bull and the bear market. So you may end up seeing your portfolio going down significantly or substantially going up. But the whole idea of a buy and hold guy is that you ignore your short-term moves for a long-term huge capital appreciation. People like Warren Buffett, uh, Jack Bogle, who's the founder of Vanguard, and many other people generally typically advise or suggest that buy and hold is a great approach for individuals who actually seek healthy long-term returns. You mentioned that there are several famous investors that have taken this up. The founder of Vanguard, Warren Buffett. Could you expand on and maybe provide some examples of companies that they have invested in that fit this particular philosophy and why those companies have fit? What elements about those companies fit into this buy and hold strategy? I thought, let me talk to you about the Indian company that I've actually being bought by a lot of legendary investors like Rakesh Junjunwala, who's also considered the Warren Buffett of India. One of his famous holdings uh, was Titan. But let me just focus on companies like Asian Pains, which has been one of the largest wealth creator for Indian investors. Infosys, no one can forget Infosys, what Mr. Naran Murthy has created for us. And of course, one of my favorites, Bajaj Finance. All these stocks have created 
60, 70, 100x or maybe 120x kind of a return on the portfolio if you had invested right at the beginning of their IPO days and all this stuff. To answer your question on what really contributes or what are the general metrics that one need to look at in these companies, one of the most important thing is when you give your money to a company or when you, you become a shareholder of the company, essentially it means that you expect returns from the capital that you've invested with the company. A typical buy and hold company is one that continues to grow, not just on the initial set of capital, but also on further capital employed. Just to give you an example, you started off with 100 rupees. The company that you're invested in actually generated 10% profit on it. Now the next year, it generated another 10% on the capital plus the profit that you made earlier, so 110. So it made not just 10% on the next year, it made 11 rupee, additional 11 rupee of profit on this portfolio. The things that I really look for before investing into companies like this, which typically qualify for buy and hold is good quality management. If the management is not clean, don't even look at what kind of growth numbers they have. Just see if the management is good enough for you to give the money to them. Do they have moat? Moat is nothing but a competitive advantage that they have. And finally, one of the most important things that you need to look at is, are they growing the market share in a growing market itself? What I mean by that is, are they acquiring more and more market share? Plus, is the industry that the company is in is also growing at a rapid pace, at a rapid pace. If you put it all together, I think you will figure out that this particular company is a great buy and hold company. And I just want to ask, to give context to our listeners about whether this is a strategy they should approach, let, let's start to cover the pros and cons. And I thought we could start with the pros. Why has this strategy become what people view as what you need to do in the investing world? What about it makes it a strong strategy? The great thing about buy and hold is that it gives you a stable portfolio. You don't need to really worry about, hey, what do I buy tomorrow? What do I buy day after tomorrow? You have done a lot of research and you have decided that this is the company or the asset that I go, want to go in for and then build your portfolio around it. There is a lot less active management. And in general, if you're invested in a good asset or a company, you tend to outperform a portfolio that has got a lot of active management. Hey, I bought, bought this today, sold it after six months. Again, I bought something else after six months, sold it after a year or two and stuff like that. So that is active management. This is passive management. And we have seen if you do the right thing, passive management actually outbeats active management over time. As I mentioned in the first, it differs capital gain. Just imagine you have to go through the hassle of filing taxes every year. This definitely differs your capital gain, reduces your fees that you need to pay on transactions and stuff like that. These are two very small but important things about buy and hold strategy. Can I ask you, and in the simplest way possible about the deferred tax, could you help paint a picture of why deferring tax actually helps you save money in the long run? Say you're an active investor. I'm not even talking about day traders. Day traders end up paying a huge bomb by doing active trading. I'm talking about someone who's active only for maybe once or twice in a month. What happens is for every penny that you make, 
you end up giving a substantial amount of money as taxes when even substantial close to about 10%. The second thing is you also pay a lot of taxes like brokerages, stamp duties, security transaction tax. These are small numbers, but if you totally add it up, it costs you anywhere between 1 to 1.5% every year if you are into active management. The thing that I'm trying to say is that if you are a person who believes in a certain asset or a certain stock, you're literally saving 1.5% every year. 1.5% every year is not a joke, to be honest. It's huge. So this can end up saving at least about 20 to 25% over 10-year period. That is huge. That's really well described. And now I want to touch on the co- the cons of the buy and hold strategy. Nobody really talks about this. We found that there's really no content about this. So could you just explain what are the cons of this strategy? This may portray him as a villain, but to be honest, buy and hold is as good as it sounds. But on the ground, there are a lot of other issues that you need to deal with if you are a buy and hold investor. We are all human beings, right? Investing money is more psychological than you and I think. The first thing that happens when you are a buy and hold investor is literally you end up marrying that stock. And marriages, in general, if the fundamentals deteriorate of that asset or of that stock, you generally don't get out of it. This in itself can lead to good amount of wealth destruction. I'm not talking about short-term moves of the market, external reasons of the market. I'm talking about fundamentally things are deteriorating in that certain stock or the asset itself. The second issue is that when there are better opportunities outside, you always are so comfortable sitting with your existing stock that you don't generally exit out of it. So for example, if you if you kept on buying an X stock because it was generating 12-13% return comfortably for you, for every one stock of that, there are also a few set of new multibaggers that keep coming in. So for all you know, if you're a little active, you could exit this and buy it. But what the issue is, we are fed in our mind in such a way that you should only think buy and hold. We don't do that. There are a lot of psychological barriers to sell a company which is doing extremely well and get into a company which is ex- expected to do even more better. Also, there can be a very long period of underperformance. Take the example of Reliance stock. Just go back to 2010-2015 era. You would be struggling with that particular stock. And you would have ended up exiting that particular stock just when it started going up. And then it shot up big. How do investors get rid of all of these psychological biases when they are making investment decisions? What's a framework and mental model for an approach that an investor can take to make sure that they're eliminating these biases as much as possible. Money is all about creating the right mindset. Unfortunately, there's no one single rule or 10 different rules that can protect you from making mistakes. Just remember one thing that you may end up picking great stocks. You may end up buying the best mutual fund or best PMS. But if you don't have the right money mindset, for all you know, you will end up not compounding your wealth enough or not letting your asset class grow enough. All you need to do is that you just need to ask yourself one question. Why am I booking out of this particular asset? Is it because the price has gone up or is it because fundamentally things have changed or is it because I'm just doing it so that I don't want to see the price coming down? 
If third is your reason to sell an asset, it means you do not have the right mindset. You need to ask question for every buy and every sell that you make. If you don't ask those questions and the right questions, you may end up making a lot of mistakes. That's one of the reasons why a lot of these people who buy stocks on tips or suggestions from a friend or the person next door do not create huge amount of wealth for themselves because they don't know what they own. And if you don't know what you own, tomorrow if the price comes down for whatever reason, you will end up selling that at huge losses. So just do your bit, understand the reason why you should buy or sell an asset. And if you don't have the time to do it, just leave it with a good fund manager. That's the biggest thing that you can do. So just to conclude, Anand, after both of these pros and cons, is this strategy overrated? The strategy as a standalone is definitely overrated. I have no doubts in my mind. People always quote Warren Buffett, right? They say that, hey, Warren Buffett bought Coke when he was maybe 30, 40 years back and he continues to hold it and all that stuff. But for every Coke that he bought, he also bought IBM, which he held on for about three, four, five years, but exited. Nobody understands that he's also very active in markets. He's very opportunistic in nature. So people have been very selective and picking and telling that he's a buy and hold investor. To be honest, he's got more exits than entries in itself. So for example, the moment he exited IBM, he ended up buying Apple and today he continues to hold that, right? So buy, hold and be watchful is a better understanding because the markets are extremely dynamic. So you need to be dynamic too. So this strategy is good for assets provided you're a little more active with your assets. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Where's My Money by Ticker Tape. On this show, we simplify the finance landscape in India for you. So if you're looking to venture into stock investing, sort out your personal finance or make sense of how economic developments can impact your money, this podcast will be a perfect addition to your morning commute or household chores. Also, if you enjoyed the episode and want more of this, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode. And last but not least, consider downloading the Ticker Tape app. It is an investment analysis platform for stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, and much more. The link and further description will be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we will see you in the next one.